the thing that concerns me is you've got the Cronky family as ownership yeah. mm. and they've now won uh Stanley Cup. They've won the Super Bowl. Arsenal is going to do whatever it does, you know, in the Premier League. Yeah. They are going to want to have a piece of this, especially with Stan Kroenke's wife's cousin coming in and buying the Broncos. They want a family dynasty. Wait, the Kroenke's have a they the Kroenke's are connected to the Broncos now too. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, Rob Walton is Stan Kroenke's wife's cousin. She is a Walton. See, they're all. What what is going on? With, I mean, is the Walton family a cult? Yes. Rich. <laughs> I mean, aren't all rich people cultish? Hey, what's going on, party crashers, trailblazers, and level setters? Welcome to Level Set. This is Jerry Jones. Level Set is a conversation with people who know things, and today I am talking to someone who knows an awful lot about Colorado. I'm talking to my friend, Ellen Wingeter. We are talking, oh my gosh, we cover so much ground. Yes, we talk about some non-Colorado things, but this is very much a Rocky Mountain episode. We are talking about uh, the Marshall Fire. We are talking about that fire and the connection to cult leaders and sandwich shops in Lawrence, Kansas. We are talking about geography, local politics, uh, state politics. We're talking farming. And we really couldn't have a conversation about Colorado if we didn't at least touch upon beer. And then we talk a little bit about, you know, what our hopes and what our visions are uh, for, for Colorado and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a conversation that I'm a part of if we're not discussing at, at minimum what we're watching on television. This is going to be such a fun episode. It's going to be fast paced. It's going to be all over the map. It's basically me with friends recording. But this is great because Ellen knows a whole lot. For those of you who uh, follow follow me on Uninvited, you know I know uh, <laughs> a little about a lot. Ellen knows a lot about a lot. So if you if you dug uninvited, then you're going to dig this conversation with Ellen. And uh, I'm super excited. So again, rate, review, subscribe. And I will catch you on the flip side of the next episode of Level Set. Peace. Y'all, I guess welcome to Level Set. Um, conversations with people who know things. I'm Jerry Jones, and I'm here with my friend Ellen Wingeter. Did I do that right? Wingeter. Wingeter. Like, so a hard T. Yes. Hard T. Not a soft T into the D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, there's... <laughs> see, this conversation's gonna be... I mean, you could probably rap about that somehow, but I'm not sure that I would be appropriate to do so. I don't have bars, but I, I would imagine... Know. I would imagine you've got you've got bars. No, I was out uh, out and about today, and I heard the instrumental version of Alanis Morissette's "You Ought to Know" that she re-released with her like 30th anniversary of that album, and it rocks hard. It it gets like even more angry with the really? subtone, the subtone of not having 
a guitar and that kind of stuff by it and i was screaming my lungs out in the car singing wait so so i didn't i didn't realize that she had re-released it yeah she re-released jagged little pill basically as a instrumental acoustic kind of almost an unplugged version that we would have really dug in the height of mtv unplugged yeah yeah and it, it was dope. It was last year, I think, or the year before. Last year. So, so it still slaps. Like, what is it about hearing it now, like in 2022? How does it does it does it hit different than it did back in the day? Yeah. So I was a freshman, sophomore in high school when Jagged Little Pill came out. Hmm. So there is a lifetime of experience that now comes behind some of those lyrics. And you're like, bitch, you're absolutely right. Do you re- so you were, so you were in high school. Yeah. I was, um, I was in Lawrence. I will <laughs> never. <laughs> I was in high school and you were in Lawrence. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, so I'm old. I am. I am old. That's a really I, weird level set, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just I remember the first time I heard the song. Well, I saw the video. Yeah, and I I don't know what it was, but there was one night we were at. It wasn't night yet, but we were at the crossing. Oh right? God, that was my haven. Don't, I mean, don't you miss the crossing? I do. I lived on either side of the crossing, junior and senior year. And man, Thursday night, Thursday, what, dollar pitchers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my jam was, you know, I'd have my Thursday afternoon class. Mm-hmm. And so I lived off 11th in Louisiana. Okay, so uh, I was... Uh, in Berkeley Flats, which is now some fancy smanchy stuff. Yeah, you're down by the stadium. Yeah, so across from the stadium. And then uh, junior year, I was off of Ohio, like 14th and Ohio, I guess it was right there. Oh, what were those apart? Um, Yeah, I, yeah. So, all right, for those of you who are listening, we're talking, this is, this is uh, Lawrence, Kansas. So this is one of those, if you know, you know, Uh, one of my, one of my best and dearest friends in the world lived at Berkeley Flats. Oh, nice. but when you live at, you know, so I lived at the Summit House and it was like, Summit House was like Melrose Place, but without the swimming pool. Okay. And lots and lots of weed. Were people like, killing each other in apartments? Uh, <laughs> we were, no. Okay. No, we, we, weren't, we weren't killing each other in the apartments but you, you were know, it, sleeping it, with each other totally yes cool. yeah sure. yeah i mean it, it was like a glorified dorm uh but we you know we're just um would have been just north of the crossing so on thursday afternoons um you'd go like you order a sandwich from yellow, yellow Sun. yeah yeah oh every every time i walk into a planet sub there's always that thing that's like, it's still not as good as Yellow Sub. And I know it's the same food. Well, you know, they had that um, cult leader who built, uh, somehow had connections to Yellow Sub, and I believe they're still on the hill here in Boulder. 
um, that may have started the Marshall Fire uh, back on Eve last year. Yeah, so there, there is a, there's a knockoff here in the greater Denver metro because I'm mm -hmm. in Denver. My brother lives in Boulder. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but there's also some cult activity that's tied to the owners. I, I don't know. Wait, wait. I, so, wait. I, that, <laughs> that's just... <laughs> We're never going to get on topic if we keep going astray. But see, the thing is, so like it's conversation with people who know things and you know lots of things. Like, you know that there is a cult, that there's a connection between, possibly a possible connection between uh, a, a former KU institution yeah, and a cult leader and the Marshall Fire. Which, you know, burned a thousand homes. Yeah. Wow. Because so, they, 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 at one point, the investigation thought that it started on this cult's compound. I don't think that they've actually made a solid determination of that, but that was working theory at some point. Um, what makes, I don't know, like, what makes Colorado, I guess Denver, like, Denver is a different place. I don't know. You were out here, what, four months ago, three months ago? Yeah, three months ago. How much, what, what made you think that Denver was a different place? I would say Boulder is a different place just because Boulder correlates a lot with Lawrence being okay. a hippy dippy college town. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, in the uh, rugged, like, um, wild west of the Rocky Mountains. Mm, mm. But what was your feeling in your few days out here? Uh, my feeling was that uh, I needed a dog in yes. order to to enter a bar. Yes. That's, that's what I thought. I'm like, uh, I've got the Subaru, uh, but I don't have my dog. Do you have a puffy vest or a puffy winter jacket? I have a super puffy chief's coat. That's like my winter coat, but I also have a vest. Uh, okay. And back and back in the day, like, I mean, because basically, for those of you who aren't who haven't been to Denver, I feel like every guy, like, you remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. I feel like every guy is Marty McFly. Like they're all walking around. I mean, I feel, you know, it was summer. Okay. It was June. I still feel like I saw a handful of vests and I'm like, come on guys. It's Let, so I can, I, I can testify to this. <laughs> I went for my six week, six week post-op um, checkup. I had my ACL um, repaired six weeks ago, had a great appointment with my, orthopedic and the woman in the elevator with me was wearing a tennis skirt and a lightweight i would guess to be either patagonia or north face puffy jacket and it's uh 86 degrees currently here in denver what is what is it about denver and in the puffy the puffy vest or the puffy I jacket know. i don't know it's weird so like were you were you imagining like what her injury may have been? Like if she was there for like physical therapy or. So she know. was a new patient because she was filling out the paperwork, mm -hmm. but my guess would have been given the tennis skirt. It's 
shoulder, elbow, or wrist? So it's did she like show up in cause like was she showing up there saying, Hey, I want everyone to know that I'm here for a tennis injury? She may have very well come off a pickleball court. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever played pickleball? I have not, but it is, it's wildly popular. I mean, that was the first thing that started hitting and going off the charts back out here. Um, Those pickleball courts were taken up very quickly as soon as people were allowed to do so. Yeah, so the place here is Chicken and Pickle. Oh, these these are public parks. parks. They've converted tennis courts to pickleball courts. Wow. Yeah, the park system has. You are probably the biggest Nuggets fan that I know. That you know uh, personally, there are bigger fans than me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you love the Nuggets, though. I've like, come to love the Nuggets. So, you know, I, my parents were from Chicago. So mm-hmm. it was very much, you will like these teams. You will like the Cubs. You will like the Bears. You will like the Blackhawks. And you will like the Bulls. And I was in middle school, high school, in the glory days of the Jordan years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, that's what I learned about NBA basketball. Cause my mom and I always loved college basketball. Mm. And then I kind of fell away from the NBA and we moved out here seven years ago. And my son was like, Hey, I'd like to go to a game. Cause he's, six and wants to spend my money and now he's 12 and he's still spending my money um, and he also got involved in something called math hoops which is tied into the mba it's really good uh 501c3 but it got some exposure that I was like oh, okay i'll go to a few games and yeah. and then there's like Jokic, and then there's murray and now there's Aaron Gordon and now there's Bones Highland and the team over the last few years has just been fun. Yeah. Even with the injuries that they've kind of, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Forever a tiger from Mizzou that I won't ever fully like, but hope that he does better. So his autographed basketball in my basement appreciates, Um, you know, there's so much potential. I so during the pandemic is when I became a Nuggets fan. Um and I think specifically for me what sealed it was the the Nuggets Jazz series in the bubble. Yeah. Which I was it was it I can't remember I guess was it the closeout game or was it the game before the closeout game where it was Murray and and Spider Mitchell, who just feel like it for me watching them, it was like watching um back in the day, there was uh the Boston Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks, and it was Larry mm-hmm. Bird and Dominique Wilkins. Oh yeah. And they were just kind of go and it, they were just kind of and even but even when they were having this epic, you know, series, Jokic was the guy who just, for me, just jumps off the screen as, 
I don't know. And he he's very laid back. Yeah. He's ex- there's um, a conglomerate that they've kind of started out here called DNVR that uh, they cover all the local sports and they have a group that's out in Serbia right now because it's mm. summer league out there and so they're kind of following Jokic around with the national team and that kind of stuff and I mean it's so fun and he's just kind of like hey I'm a badass. I'm not going to apologize for it, but I'm not going to beg you to like me, which saying this as a true KU diehard, mm. Jojo, let's have mm. some conversations around this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And he had to carry so much last season with MPJ and Murray out. And so it's going to, I think we are targeting the home opener to kind of see what fireworks pop off. In is is Murray ready? Is has has he is he a hundred percent cleared? Yeah. And Porter, is he cleared? I'm I feel fairly certain that he is. What snippets I've seen from him moving around in in workouts and that kind of stuff, yes. So, and of course, there's also Christian Brown who is who was drafted by the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for our KU diehards, which there is a large amount of those in Denver, it's another excuse to go to games. What is your, what's your expectation for the team this year? And I know we're a couple months away from season opener, but I feel like it's never too early to talk NBA basketball. Like mm-hmm. what needs to happen for this club this year? I mean, Look, you've got the back-to-back MVP yeah. as your starting center. Um, he could be a backup quarterback at times as he's exemplified from his baseline yeah. throws. They need to do it now. Uh, the thing that concerns me is you've got the Cronky family as ownership. Yeah. Mm. And they've now won – uh, Stanley Cup. They've won the Super Bowl. Arsenal is going to do whatever it does, you know, in the Premier League. Yeah. They are going to want to have a piece of this, especially with Stan Kroenke's wife's cousin coming in and buying the Broncos. They want a family dynasty. Wait, the Kroenke's have a, they, the Kroenke's are connected to the Broncos now too. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, Rob Walton is Stan Kroenke's wife's cousin. She is a Walton. See, they're all. What what is going on? With, I mean, is the Walton family a cult? Yes. Rich. <laughs> I mean, aren't all rich people cultish? I mean, I in a way, I guess they are. Like, I I, I would I would have never. I mean, I guess I should have known. That if there's a involved, if there's a Cronky involved, I mean, they're just, uh, yeah, there's no so, escape from them. I mean, Denver is covered by them because they also own um, the Rapids, which is the MLS team. So, and the Major League Lacrosse team here, the Mammoth. Wait, you all have lacrosse? Yes. Um. Wow. Is that like a thing that people go to? I mean, yeah. do people go? I, 
I would have ne- see when I think of sports towns, I don't always think Denver, but man, you all have every every major sport, and apparently the Mammoth actually was- won the lacrosse championship and tagged on to the Avalanche championship parade because they weren't going to get their own. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane that they just, hey, you won, we won. You want to come along? I mean, that would be like if uh, if Kansas City, if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl, and a couple months before then, which Sporting KC is in no danger of winning the MLS Cup this year because we're not going to make the postseason, right. which is, is, is sad. But that would be like, hey, Sporting, you want to come along with us and just kind of uh, – but wow, I would say it's 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 more like your JV team in high school wins like some JV tournament, and <laughs> you know the varsity team's like here. Why don't you come along? Because no one really cares about you, but we're all part of the same team because we're owned by the same people. So yeah. you can just hop on. Now they own everything. Please tell me the Cronkies are not connected to beer. Do they own any of the beer coming flowing out of Colorado right now? Not to the best of my knowledge, but now it makes me want to look. I mean, if you, what would you do? What? So if you, in your research, if you find that the Cronkies own a brewery, would you, would you purposely seek out the beer or would you purposely like, no, I'm boycotting the Cronkie beer? When Breckenridge Brewing was sold to the Dark Lord InBev, everyone thought that that would just, people would just boycott, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. I still enjoy Breckenridge Brewery beer. Um, They have a really great location in Littleton that's a lot of fun, and they have a lot of stuff on tap, or their original spot up in Breckenridge. Um, I don't know as though I would seek it out. So I do know that the Cronkies are involved in vineyards. Mm. Well, they're they're super rich, so I could see them being involved in wine. That maybe well, beer is just underneath them. Well, I think it's one of those things because unless they have um, like a hop farm or something like that where they're actually farming is a great tax write-off mm. so i think that's part of the vineyard tactic farming farming as a tax write-off yes you can do so, farming. wait what wait yeah hold on this is new to me yeah no there there's such a classification as being a hobby farmer and so what you can actually write off as far as losses and gains um and then, of course, if you've got a full-blown agricultural thing going on, it's totally different. So a hobby farmer is someone like, so if you are like, I guess I would imagine it has to be a certain amount of land or, or no. If I remember correctly, and I have not looked at this IRS tax code for quite some time, but you have to spend less than 50% of your working time managing this farm or it's 50% of your income 
it's less than 50% of your income. So you are then classified as a hobby farmer as opposed to an actual farmer, which are different tax code sections. And different relief, which you can avail yourself to in the event of crop failure. Or you can get lending in certain ways as a farmer as opposed to a hobby farmer. So see, <laughs> see, right now I'm like, wait a minute. So I would imagine all the listeners are like, wait a minute. Can we just can we rewind and talk about hobby farming and like farming tax code? That's a lot. I'm like, wait, what? So like if I'm growing tomatoes mm -hmm. or whatever it is that's legal to grow in, uh -huh. your, in your state, I can, I can, as long as I have all the receipts and I can show like, Hey, yeah. I spent, you know, 80 hours in 2022. I, I don't know what. Like I, I mean, can just write yeah, that up. It's like you're you're spending the majority of your working time and or you know fifty or more than fifty percent of your income is derived from those activities. Again, have not looked at these codes. I'm not your legal counsel. Please ask your tax consultant or attorney about this. This is not tax advice. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you you could just become a farmer or hobby farmer and get certain write-offs and, and benefits from it. What? All right. So I, I feel like I'm going to, I want to ask so many stupid agriculture questions. All we'll of, probably need to do a, a whole different show. on All four <laughs> listeners and Whitney are going to be, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this? And please slap that explicit, you know, label on this. Yes. <laughs> Because this is the most random conversation you've had yet. I I do I did want to ask you, being a Coloradoan, is that is that how you say it? A Colorado, Colorado, a Colorado. A Coloradan. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you, do you have a top five, top five breweries? Oh, in Colorado. Oh, that's tough. Hmm. Um, I'm very fortunate to live in an area. Uh, so I'm in Northeastern Denver and, uh, Jerry had the pleasure of being out here in June and we neglected to go to the very close brewery station 26, yeah. which is in a former, um, firehouse and they have lovely beer. I enjoy them a lot. Uh, I tried a new brewery last Friday and they need a couple more shots because they just opened this big place in the former Stapleton uh, flight tower, which was the old airport before DIA opened up. Yeah. Uh, their, their rye IPA was a little lacking for me. Um, uh, Westbound and Down, which is based out of Idaho Springs. And they also have a mm. tap room here in Denver, I think in Rhino or somewhere. Um, their double IPA is fantastic. And yeah. I will buy it every single time I see it. Um, hmm. There's too many options. Like there's 13 breweries opening up in the Denver metro area by the end of the year. 
I guess where I'm stuck in what I what what is it about Denver that makes it? And I, I know I know that right now San Diego believes that they're the microbrewery capital of the United States, and there's some really good ones there. But Colorado clearly is the the clubhouse leader in in microbrew. What is it? But what is it about Colorado? I don't understand it. I think part of it, and I I am not a brewer, so I don't know that piece of it. But I wonder if without the moisture being in altitude, if some of the chemistry is just actually better for brewing beer. Um, I don't know that to be true. So I could just be spouting off, but uh, I do kind of wonder that. And I think, especially before they legalized pot in 2015, it was just, it was a way that people could create space for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still very, you know, white dude centric. Yeah. But people got really into IPAs out here and there was just a really high demand for it. Yeah. Would I mean, you- our former governor and current, you know, senator owned a brewery. Wow. John Hickenlooper. I mean, that's before he was governor, he owned Wine Coop Brewery. And, uh, you know, eventually sold all that off. But was it good beer? uh, It is good beer. It's it's not far from um, Coors Field. So, you know, you can stop there on the way to go drink Coors Light at at the stadium. Do people from do people from Denver drink Coors? Okay, so yes, I was at a game last last week, the week before last. Mm-hmm. I didn't because I was still in my knee brace. I didn't really feel like there's one place that had it's Coors related beer, but they have it on tap. Yeah, I didn't feel like walking back there, and I bought a. Uh, banquet tall boy and i was i don't like coors light it's too watery but i'll have a banquet man i i haven't had i haven't had a coors knowingly had a coors product i don't know and probably i don't know 10 12 years that was there was that weird couple of years where coors light was the official beer of the nfl i don't know how they outbid Budweiser. So I think I uh I got duped into drinking Coors Light. Back Have you then. had a blue moon? That's Coors? Yeah. Yeah. I actually like Blue Moon. That's Coors? Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. They have, they have their standalone tap room though down in uh Rhino, which the next time you come back out, we're gonna have to do m- more of a brewery tour than we did. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think the purpose of the next trip needs to be (laughs) just just beer. Um, I mean, there a few years ago, somebody did a map of basically the walking tour of the then sixty three breweries in Denver. Wait, yeah, so a walking tour. 
of 63 brew of then 63 how many would you estimate are there right now there's been some attrition but i would probably say it bumped up and if you're so denver proper i would gotta say it's around 75 so attrition what's more to blame do you think covid or weed COVID, absolutely. Um, has has weed has weed kind of you feel like it's competing with with beer or are they complementary? I think they're just kind of different things. It was really fascinating. So when COVID, the COVID lockdown first started, and Denver was like, "We are locking down." This includes liquor stores and weed stores. There was five hours and twelve minutes where people were standing in line before the mayor came back out and clarified that both liquor stores and weed stores were necessary and needed to remain open. Hold on. You're, am I, am I understanding you that there was civil disobedience? Were they waiting outside the city hall? No, they were waiting outside liquor and weed stores. <laughs> did they do like a sit-in like a no like it a... was just trying to get in to get their stuff before things were going to close down so i'm imagining what this scene would have looked like in denver so it wasn't just people but it was with their dogs right i mean oh, and, and hacky sack and you know I, oh I'm no just... hacky <laughs> come on now you're dating yourself a little bit now you're level setting as you should be so <laughs> You're good. I'm just imagining. So I have this. I had this image of 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 color of Denver, um, of just a bunch of people, kind of hanging out with their dogs, playing hacky sack, you know, <laughs> throwing frisbees around. And the only thing that was really missing were the frisbees and the hacky sack. But I mean, listen. Denver is full of a lot of fairly well-off white people. Yeah. A very high homeless population or, you know, housing insecure. Mm -hmm. And um, people who are kind of floating in the middle. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I live in an area of town which is being gentrified and was especially was delineated by probably a street which is now Martin Luther King Boulevard, but probably before that was not. But that was the dividing line for where Black folk lived. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got to tell you, I've been on a, on a handful of, of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevards, and th this was the first one I'd been on that was like, where like it's everything real nice. is built up it's nice it's real nice it's it's lit up their storefronts are open yeah there's <laughs> beautiful like yeah. houses are taken care of yes people are invested in the area yeah whether you're north or south of mlk boulevard so yeah i'm like leave it to leave it to denver to 
get it right. But apparently, leave it, it to it a had, super it, weird white metro place to <laughs> do it right. Have any hopes or aspirations for for the city of Denver? Mm. What would you like to see? You know, it's interesting given the neighborhood that I now live in. They're really good about communicating about their history and what they need and what they want to be sure that developers and that kind of thing don't creep on. Um, There is a now defunct golf course that is part of this neighborhood and it's been a fight with the city to, Mm. you know, it's been ballot referendum as to whether developers can come in or if it's the neighborhood that really has a say. So it's going to be interesting. So the current mayor, Michael Hancock, he's term limited Mm. and there will be a new mayor. And I don't know what the impact of having a black mayor for eight years, especially what's gone on in the last four to five Mm. years. I'm not sure what the shift will be. And I, frankly haven't looked at the candidates to really know what's upcoming so i wonder what that influence will have because a lot of people would argue that hancock is in the pocket of developers and money Mm. folk and maybe not looking out for the greater good just for his ultimate outcome yeah so i i don't know um it's it's interesting. There's a lot of random shit going on around here that you're kind of like, okay, let's continue to be a little bit of the experiment that we were with the weed stuff. Yeah. What else can we do better to show other, you know, urban areas that this can be done in a reasonable way to help things that are necessary to be helped? Do you feel like I'm just I'm curious to know like about thinking about Denver or Colorado politics, knowing that you know a former brewer is now a was a governor now a senator mm-hmm. is is being the mayor of Denver kind of a launching pad uh, well, for the role? Hancock was the or not Hancock, but Higginlooper was also the former mayor of Denver before Hancock was elected. Um, I don't see Hancock launching that to a statewide. Mm. I think because you see some of the stuff that on the Western slope, because except for the I-25 corridor, which you can basically say is from Fort Collins where Colorado state is Mm -hmm. down to Colorado Springs, where it starts to get very, very conservative and then you kind of splinter off into Boulder and, and those kind of suburbs or exurbs, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. It is a very rural Republican state. Mm. And so seeing someone like Lauren Bobert continue, I, I don't know if she'll be reelected. Wow. But I mean, she represents Colorado. So 
her district does her district run like adjacent to your your oh no they're all, they're she's all the way out on the western oh, slope. Hmm. Yeah, that's how they kind of talk. They talk about Colorado with the front range. So it's okay. it's the plains, which as you're coming in from Kansas, all the flatlands, and then you get yeah. the front range where you start getting into altitude and it's Denver and Boulder. And then you get into the Rocky Mountains and kind of cruise through that. And then it's the Western Slope where ah. you get the Continental Divide and everything going Western. Mm. Wow. And so I'm. I, how does the rest of the state look at you all in Denver? Oh, we're fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is the, is the puffy vest thing only in Denver and ski no. resorts? No. I, you can't get away from it just because it's ski country. Like you yeah. would see the same thing in Utah, um, Wyoming, Again, there are inlets of extreme wealth. Mm -hmm. So Ralph Lauren had a ranch that he, I believe, put up for sale out in Telluride, um, which I drove around at one point a few years ago, which was beautiful. Aspen, which with its Aspen Institute, they bring in yeah. all these rich and wealthy people and people are flying into Aspen all the time. And they've got the film festival and there is a, and it's, it's a constant struggle because all these ski towns, they don't want to pay what people need to survive. So mm -hmm. their workers, especially during ski season who are taking care of the facilities, yeah. not just the ski bums, you know, working things, but it's hotel restaurant, you know, janitorial people, they can't afford to live there. Yeah. And so then they have to travel 30 miles or whatever just to get to work. And it's that constant contradiction of, of frankly, a bunch of really wealthy white people wanting to have their pretty little place that they can go and hang out with their mm -hmm. other rich white people friends to be able to ignore everything else that's going around them, but say that they're doing stuff in other ways. So, I mean, I mean, and that feels like, cause I, you know, I hear that about, you know, Silicon Valley. I hear that mm -hmm. about a lot of places where folks just can't afford yeah. to live. I, I was watching a talk uh, uh, cause the ideas festival is just what a week or two ago. Yeah. I was watching uh, a talk and I was remarking, uh, the guy I was watching is Dr. John Powell who runs uh the Othering and Belonging Institute at Berkeley. And oh, okay. But, and I hadn't seen any, even though I get the, you know, I'm one of those people, I get the the YouTube alerts like, oh, Aspen Ideas Festival. But everyone in the crowd was white. Yeah. And they were all look like, they all look like people who, like, do you, um, what was the show? Yellowstone. You watch Yellowstone. No. No. You watch the other one, the, the prequel. No, no. The uh, it, what what um, eighteen eighty three. I love Sam Elliott and his his mustache, but no, I've not watched any of it. I would recommend your our your listeners to Loot, which is on Apple TV, and Ooh. 
the the new Maya Rudolph yeah. uh, joint because it talks very much about this as it, it's supposed to kind of be a takeoff of Jeff Bezos, Mackenzie Bezos, mm -hmm. formerly yeah. Bezos, and a split similar to that, but the female's journey. Yeah. And it gets to a point of an environmental conference of a bunch of rich people hanging out, trying to think of ideas to solve everything. And it's all white folk. Right. I mean, it is, it is always an interesting dynamic that a bunch of people who are contributing heavily to the problem coming together to figure out what the solution should be when the people who are outside of those places, probably some of them protesting those things actually have the answers to, um, to the problems. So you, so you've talked to us about what you're, what you've been watching. Anything else you're watching right now? Mm, I just finished, uh, murders in the building, the season finale. Yeah. Just, uh, landed on Hulu. Um, I would like to kindly point to your complaint about failures of season finales that sometimes there isn't supposed to be a finale when you need to want yeah. something more. Yes. <laughs> um, the new Lord of the Rings trailer dropped today, the full length trailer on Amazon. So if you choose to take a look at that. And then of course, House of the Dragon came out yes. on yes. I watched yesterday. Ah, what'd you think uh, of that? So I, it's funny. I see a very firm dividing line of people who are just like, yeah, no, this is boring. I'm out. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know what you're complaining about yet. Yeah. It's too soon. I mean, I, I, I feel like anyone who was into Game of Thrones, like I, I'm just recalling the first four or five episodes of Game of Thrones I didn't leave those first episodes going, oh my God, this is the greatest show ever. But I was intrigued enough to say, you know what? I'm going to keep watching it. And I'm coming to, so I came to Game of Thrones after I watched the season premiere of season four. I had not mm. watched the first three seasons. I was like, I'll give this season premiere a shot. Yeah. If it seems interesting enough. I'll go catch up. Yeah. And I went and caught up. I did the same thing with Breaking Bad, which I know you haven't watched. Yeah. But I'm watching it now with my son. He got hooked into it and we're watching an episode or two or night. And especially having watched the ending of um, Better Call Saul, it's interesting to see some of the interlays because that was the thing about that first episode of House of the Dragon. There were references to things which occurred in game of thrones mm -hmm. yeah that whole kind of i don't know if you want to call it easter egg or foreshadowing or just yeah. trying to build the world out in a way that made total sense but yeah i mean i enjoyed it yeah are you gonna keep watching yeah um i'm watching rap shit which is ice arrays Issa Rae's uh, newest endeavor on HBO. Um, Westworld is wrapped. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of mixed emotions around that. And I'm just kind of like, mm, some of it was really interesting. I'm just not sure what's going on. 
I fell I'm asleep gonna... on episode seven of Westworld last night, so I'm gonna have to go back and and watch. Yeah, is this is this the last season? Are they done? It's unclear. They sh they said that they were gonna have five seasons, so theoretically there should be one more season, but I don't think their renewal has been announced. Well, I mean, and of course, there's all sorts of content that's been cut. Um, right. Westworld, you can't have one season every three years, though. I'm sorry. You you got to do better. Well. Like, I mean, come on. COVID played into a lot of it. Yeah. And so that's why I don't. I'm not disgruntled about, say, the way that Atlanta has been broken up. Right. Mm, yeah. The second half of their final season is coming sometime, I think, in September. Yep. Yep. But. Part of the reason why there was a three-year delay <laughs> between seasons was COVID, and everyone's really busy doing other stuff. Yeah, when you have that talented of a cast getting in there, they're just doing, they're working so much. Right. Like getting them together, I I can't even imagine what it's like logistically trying to coordinate. Well, and especially, they spent the first half of the last season in Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's a whole nother logistical sense that you have to deal with. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. We <laughs> we've covered so much ground and I feel like <laughs> everyone this is going to be you know every album has a song on it. Mhm. Mm that everyone's like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> I think this might be that track. But there's going to be more to come because I, I am really going to want to dig into you about agriculture stuff. I feel like people are going to be like, why didn't you go back to that? Why didn't you just stay on that? And I'm like, I don't I, I don't know because there's so many things. I don't know. No one knows about. Maybe Whitney has some feedback. Maybe the four other listeners have some feedback. I guess we can count to five since I don't know if you guys acknowledge that I'm one of the four. So yeah. Honestly, I would love to get you and Whitney talking about different agriculture from a different perspective because neither one of you are growers or farmers, but your worlds are kind of on the periphery of those things. They are. And I think, frankly, and we can leave this as a hanging participle to let people wonder about the Inflation Reduction Act does have money built into it to help Black farmers after so many years of them being denied loans, having things foreclosed on, um, the USDA and the government itself kind of foreclosing on allowing these generational farmers to grow and expand and carry on their legacy that they had been promised by 40 acres and mule. So I'm going to be very interested on some of that interplay and how that works. Yeah. But I, before you go, I realized that this is the very end and I had never at any time asked you to tell the people exactly what it is you do. You're, but you are, you're, you're an attorney. Uh, I, I am a, a lowly attorney. I have degrees for no reason. 
it it it's a fine place to be. I'm not one of those uh, fortunate few who made bank early on in their career. I struggled. Um, I was really looking forward to some loan forgiveness that doesn't appear that it's going to be happening. Uh, but yeah, hey, I'm just a middle-aged white woman who talks a lot of shit. So, and likes beer. So that's who I am. And sports. Beer, sports. You're an environment person. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure what Agriculture. environment person is. <laughs> You're an environment person. I mean, you're in Colorado. You have to be one now. I think I'm surprised they didn't just hand you a puffy vest. You know, like as soon as you um, crossed over. No, I had to buy my own. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody, she's going to be back. So this is really <laughs> just kind of a teaser for the real conversation that we're so many conversations to have. It's ridiculous. But thank and, you for having me. Well, you know, but see, that's the thing. I tell people, like, that's the danger of listening to the show because then you're going to be asked to be on. And now you're going to be asked to be on again and again and again about all these different subjects that you touch bases on that we now have to dig into. And just make sure to rate, review. That's right. Yeah, you better rate, review, and subscribe because otherwise, you know, we're not... Yeah, no, no. We're trying to get to double digits. If we can get to double digits. 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. You're going to get us there. You're going to get us there. I don't know. I may They're... scare people. Well, that's why you're going to, I mean, that's what we, that's what we want. <laughs> I mean, knowledge is, knowledge can be scary. Thanks for joining me. We're going to, I'm going to have you back on. And okay. I need to get, I need to get out to Colorado so I can do the walking tour of the 75 breweries. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Peace.